Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to an all-new look back in Amber. We're going to sound a little bit different today for reasons that, that you've probably seen on social media. We've we've moved into a, our brand new home at the Corn Exchange, and we're not quite ready to start broadcasting there yet. So we're taking it back old school, aren't we, Stephen? Yeah. Hello. Uh, hello. Yeah, we're we're, yeah, we're we're going old school today. Yep. We're we're, we're working from home. We <laughs> yeah. This this is very reminiscent of four years ago now, back in the pandemic. I know. Yeah. With all the craziness going on in the world, it began at 1.30 in the marquee yesterday with the NCR warm-up team. The kids from Ponty Newith United Juniors and music from the Hot Dogs. And Stephen, I don't know how loud it was when you were at the back of the compete stand, but from, from where I was on, on, up on the gantry, which I'll come on to in a couple of seconds' time, it was very loud in that marquee yesterday. Yep. Well, as we both know, I'm a big fan of Hot Dogs. <laughs> And um, they were they sounded very good and very loud, which is how you want your rock and roll, really, isn't it? I th- I think I'm sure they're a covers band because one of our events we did in last summer we had the hot dogs, and I'm sure they're they're a covers band, so I'm sure that went down one of the marquee yesterday. Mm. But then it continued in a different commentary position for you and Chris yesterday, didn't it, Stephen? Yep, taking it back to the old school even further. We were on the uh, the wooden benches, which we used to sit at uh, a few years ago. So, yeah, it's been a retro weekend so far. It has. So have we got on a time uh, time machine and gone back three, four years? I think we have, yeah. yeah. But but it was so nice to see, and I know when I came over to, to interview the manager after the game, it was so nice to see so many different new faces over there because, you know, from going over there so often, we get kind of get used to like Chris Kerwin and, and people like that over there. And it was mm-hmm. nice to see some some new faces yesterday, some famous faces as well. Yeah, yeah, the moose was there, wasn't he? From Talk yes, Sports, the moose yeah. was there, and uh, and yeah, obviously the, the legendary Stephen and Chris was there as well. We were, yeah, and um, I had a nice chat with the legendary George McDonald as well, so that was cool. Oh yeah. yeah. We- yeah, and and yeah, I just kind of referenced it there, but uh, I've got a little bit of a, I don't know if whether it's a promotion or or whatever. I, I'm now club DJ. I I think is the uh, the correct term to use. Would you say, Stephen? Okay. Uh, yeah, DJ DJ's using the term loosely, I think. But uh, yeah, from from now on, I am going to be playing the the tunes of Rodney Parade, and hopefully without any technical glitches, which happened yesterday when the internet kind of went down for for us up on the gantry. Yeah, I should be uh should be playing the the music from from now on so but yeah. uh let's have a look at how newport county lined up yesterday we had nick townsend in goal back through ryan delaney james clark and matty baker lewis payne and shane mclaughlin as the wing backs harry charlesley scott bennett and brian morris in midfield with will evans and Seth palmer holding up front no stephen uh we we thought we'd switch things up a little bit so we've done the county team first how did he see go into the game yesterday 
Yeah, well, Eastley, they uh, drew their last match fall against Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, Eastley, since their last FA Cup match against Reading, which they won 2-1, they'd won two, drawn one, lost two. Eastley were in the third round of the FA Cup for the third time in their history, and they were looking to reach the fourth round for the first time in their history. Eastley have had a few giant killings in the FA Cup in the past. Most recently, they beat Reading, obviously. Uh, but they've also beaten Swindon in 2016 and Crewe in 2015. Uh, the last competitive meetings between the two sides was in the 2009-10 season in the Conference South, with uh, Newport winning 5-1 at home and 4-1 away. Yeah. So, uh, shall we hear what happened in your new but very old commentary box yesterday? Yeah, why not? For the third round in a row, Newport County have been paired with a team from the league below here at Rodney Parade. This time it's Eastley Conquerors of Reading from League One in round two. And the Spitfires home interview looking to reach the fourth round for the first time ever in their history. And they've got the weaponry to do it with 25 goal hot shot Paul McCallum, who scored both goals against the Royals in the last round. Chris Chappell back with you on commentary this afternoon alongside a man who has no shortage of ideas of spending the £100,000 prize money. Oh, it's Stephen Howe. Yeah, I can think of a few ideas. Yeah, great to be here, Chris. And uh, yeah, brilliant. Third, FA Cup third round five years ago today. Newport County beat Leicester 2-1 to uh, reach fourth round. Let's hope they're not a victim of a cup upset today against the East Lee side who have definitely got it in the locker as they showed in the last round against Reading. Now it's with Maguire halfway for Eastleigh, challenged by Bryn Morris, and then good covering by McLaughlin, who's tracking the runner and uh, facing the ball at the same time and intercepted. He brings it forward down the left. Charsley cuts it across, Palmer Holden to Evans. Oh, and he just kills it off target. Palmer Holden tried to side foot it home himself, but the ball just came right off his open instep and ended up more like a pass to Evans. And although he may not have been expecting it, he carved out a shot at goal, but just got underneath it. Yeah, he scored in the FA Cup so far this season, and uh, he was in a goal opportunity then, didn't need to get one, but uh, yeah, he put it over. I think you're right, that probably didn't expect it to come to him, did he? McLaughlin sends it in deep. Delaney at the far post, it's hit quickly, it's still in the box, ricocheting. Delaney has another stab at it, Clark! Clements it goes wide. Everyone in Amber clamouring for a penalty there. It's Delaney's header. Seems to strike the arm of Quigley in mid-air. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I think it would have been harsh if it had been given. I mean, there's not much he can do getting his arm out of the way. Just unfortunate for County. The ball wouldn't land to somebody to put it in. Pay runs at Clements down the right-hand side. Gets a cross in towards Palmer Holden. Header just over. Got a really good leap. Defender not close enough to put him off, but he just couldn't direct it on target. And Charlesy caught in the face by Langston. He's going to go here. The second time he's caught a Newport player in the head. It was a high arm. And referee Ed Dokeworth just giving himself a few seconds. Chat with the assistant in his ear and out comes the red card 
He's gone. Before half-time, centre-back George Langston sent off for two reckless challenges with a high arm. And a chance at the other end now. And a shot against the post from Maguire on the counter. The ex-Sunderland man getting clear down the left-hand side with a quick kick. And he thumped that shot against the post in the third minute of the second half. That would have been a real shot with Eastleigh down to 10 men. Well, it was pretty much one-way traffic in the first half, but almost caught on the break. Yeah, and that's exactly you know why you've got to take a chance is when you're on top, isn't it? Because you couldn't get hit on a break like that. And then Eastley could have, if that had gone in, they could have held out for the rest of the game maybe. And, uh, Newport would have been going out, so yeah, I think a, a little warning sign there for County that uh, you know Easley is still going to put up a threat in this game. Ten minutes into the second half, scores level in this FA Cup third round tie. Shane McLaughlin to deliver the corner from the right hand side at the north end of the ground. Hits it low. Clark helps it go in, and he's pegged it in. He peeled away from the main pack in the middle, and James Clark. Through this Eastley defence for his first goal of the season. Newport County won, Eastley nil, and it's Clark. Oh, what a brilliant set piece. They mixed it up, didn't he? Played it along the floor, brilliant running by Clark. And uh, yeah, he's got a goal, brilliant. Just what they needed was to get the gap breakthrough, and hopefully now they can build on that. Callum tries to flick it around the corner again quickly, fights for it, gets it right side of the box, delivers across McCallum with a flick, and Townsend dives on the ball a yard off his line. It's one of those cheeky back heeled flicks from across it, slightly behind you from Paul McCallum. And it was almost goal number 26 of a prolific campaign in the 67th minute. Maguire. Sends it back to Clampin, the left back, into the box. There's a tangle, and he's given a penalty. McCallum went down under the challenge with Clark, and with just over 10 minutes to go, Eastley have a superb chance to level this game up. Well, Stephen, <laughs> yeah, I'm in a bit of a shock as well, to be honest. I can't understand how that's a penalty. We're just coming together in the box. There's nothing to it. So Chris Maguire from 12 yards has a real chance to level it up for Eastley here. In front of the away support. Here he comes, Maguire into the top right corner. Townsend went the wrong way. And with just over eight minutes to go, Eastley with 10 men have found a way back into this game and make it 1-1 here at Rodney Parade. Newport County have dominated this game, but have only been able to score once with all the territory and possession they've had. Well, Barnet took Newport County to a replay. We're going to see the same again. Yeah, well, yeah, there's not a lot of time left there. And, uh, you know, Newport County, yeah, they've paid the price. And Maguire, third goal in the FA Cup for him now this season. Yeah, Eastley would be over the moon now. They've been given a chance. 
because they were they were down to this game when they were down to ten men. But fair credit to them, they've stuck at it. They left two up top. They haven't really gone defensive too much of they. They've sat back, but they've always looked the threat on the counter. Sounds it. Sends it long with the free kick to the edge of the box. Heads go up. Delaney beaten in the air, and that is it. It ends in a draw. The Spitfires of Eastleigh have fought their way from a goal down with a man down for the entirety of the second half to force a replay as they bid to reach the fourth round for the first time. Twice before they've reached the third round and forced a replay against Bolton, who were in the championship at that time. But Newport County would have thought it was mission accomplished when James Clark turned in a corner from Shane McLaughlin 11 minutes into the second half. But the penalty given and converted by Chris McGuire after a foul by Clark on McCallum means that we have to replay it down on the south coast. Final score, Newport County 1, Eastleigh 1. Thanks to Stephen and Chris there for providing that commentary. And, and yeah, we'll come into our thoughts in a, in a couple of seconds time. But before we do, let's hear from, from the man in the know, Mr. Graham Cochran. I thought we played really, really well. I thought we were the dominant team. I thought we moved the ball well. We got into really good positions. Um, I thought uh, territory, possession, I thought we dominated the game. Yes, um, probably they, they went down to 10 men, so the stats might um, fall in their favour. But before that, I thought we were good as well. We created a number of chances that we just didn't finish. Um, unfortunately, we're coming away from a game of football yet again, and we're going to be talking about a, a ridiculous decision. But um, hey-ho, look, I thought Eastleigh were very good. Um, mixed emotions, should have seen the game through, should have should have won 1-0, should have uh, should have seen the game through and, and, and be in the hat tomorrow. Um, but yeah, listen, it's, uh, we were always likely, and the game was always likely to swing on uh, on a naive refereeing decision. And I think we've seen that. But um, hats off to Eastleigh. I thought they were really, really good the way they, they, they went about their business. Um, but um, look, it's not easy study when you don't win a game and, and, and to be pleased with the way the lads played. But I thought the lads played really, really well today. We are naive. We do daft things. We shoot ourselves in the foot. That's that's um, that's evident. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm stood here and I, I got to take ownership of the changing room. But some of the decisions players are making at times is uh, is, is is hurting me, hurting us. So, um, but overall, as a whole, um, we we, uh, we we need to uh, we need to realise how well we played today and, and and how good we were. But it was just that finishing touch, that little bit of quality in the final third, second goal, and and, and it would have been a real comfortable afternoon. Didn't come. The referees obviously had the uh, major influence on the game. So uh, at the end of the day, disappointed we didn't get through. We, we didn't win the game, but really pleasing uh, with our performance levels. You said ahead of kickoff there were a few players that you were looking to impress you and you'd given them an extra chance. Did those certain players do that today? Yeah, I think the lads played well today. I think they played well today. I think um, we created, we put balls in the box. We just didn't finish them. There was um, a couple of opportunities first half when it was 11 v 11 that um, on another day we score. But I think we could play that game again nine times out of ten and uh, we would win it. Um, we probably prefer when it's 11 v 11 because it becomes um, it becomes a, a little bit tougher against 10 men when a, a team bank up and play for fouls and the referee is, is constantly breaking the rhythm of the game up. Um, but look, a fair play to Eastleigh and I don't want to take anything away from them. 
But um, I thought two teams. I thought the two teams represented their clubs really, really well today. Um, easily under the circumstances, and uh, and ourselves when we had the ball, the, uh, the, the we, we we moved the ball really well. Yes, we gave it away once or twice, but uh, on a whole, I thought we were really good. I thought we moved it. We got down the sides, and it's just that little bit of quality when we get down the sides. It's that little bit of quality on our finish, and it's that final ball. And if we can uh, if we can muster that, if we can get on top of that, then uh, we'll certainly win more than we lose. Now with the replay that'll be on the Tuesday before before the Wrexham, that's going to be a monumental week in the in in Newport County season. Yeah, look, every week is big. Uh, we want to win every game. Look, we want to uh, we want to be taking the club forward. We want to be on the front foot. We want to be competitive. And we want to win games. We could have uh, we we could have done without it. We should have done without it because uh, being one nil up. Um, I, I would like us to. I would like us to see games through. Um, I'd like us to, to to keep more clean sheets. All those things. Yes, I would. You're at the mercy of of a refereeing decision. You're at the mercy of a of a, of a player decision. But um, look, at the end of the day, it's a draw. Um, whether we deserve to draw or whether whether we deserve to win is immaterial. It's a draw, and we have another game next week. We go to Doncaster. We have Eastley, and then we have Wrexham. So, yeah, the need for uh, the need for the squad to be fit and healthy, the need for uh, for all of them to play their part that week, will be will be vital. Yeah, you just spoken about probably a little bit more quality in that final third. Is that something you're looking to bring in now in the in the transfer window? Yeah, you would if you if you could. Yeah, if if it's there, if it's available, if if we can bring it in, we you you would look to improve. Um, I think look, I think it's natural. I don't think it's just me. I think it's any manager up and down the country. You want to improve all areas of your team. So um, if the opportunity arises and the player arises, I'm uh, I'm sure we can uh, I'm sure we can work something out and, and and try and improve us and try and push us on. Um, it's it's probably it would have been nice to come away with the win today. It would have been nice then on the hopefully in the coming days that we can uh, get our takeover confirmed as well. And obviously with the the, the game at Doncaster and FA Cup fourth round on on the verge of of, of that today, had we won with the takeover and then the Wrexham game at home, it would have been a really really really. But it's still there. All those objectives are still there for us. Take over days away then. To hopefully, to hopefully, hopefully. Um, I, I don't know, as as you say, and you you, you guys will probably know more than me. But but it sounds of it, it's getting closer, and uh, and we're not far off. So uh, don't quote me on that, and don't give me any exact dates or anything like that. I'm hoping, I'm guessing, but yes, um, by the sounds and the noises, we're uh, we're, we're hopefully getting close to. Uh, to completion date, and uh, that that'll be brilliant for the football club to have someone like uh, like you, you Jenkins, on on board with us. Well then, Graham, Graham Cochran and on form there as usual. Uh, Stephen, what did you make of the game yesterday? Late heartbreak mm-hmm. is is the term I think I'd use. How would you sum up the game? Yeah, yeah, late heartbreak indeed. I think. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, first. I thought the first fifteen minutes. I thought it was a little bit scrappy. Um, maybe down to maybe the occasion, both teams with a little bit of nerves, maybe um, the ball spending a lot of time in the air. And I was just crying out for somebody to start putting their foot on the ball, play it on the ground. And then when Newport kind of started to do that, they started to create chances, mainly through pain, who was having a big impact on the uh, right-hand side. In the first half, I think I think it's no safe to say that Newport dominated that first half. But... They had lots of chances, but the big thing that they didn't do was they didn't test the keeper. Too many headers going over or not leaving it for a player in a better position on times. And then the sending off happened. I, I thought that was a time when you could have capitalised on that, whilst Eastley were kind of 
reorganizing the cells, but they 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 didn't they didn't take advantage of that. And then I think they easily gathered themselves at half time, uh, came out strong, created two really good chances, one hitting the post, another one coming from overplaying, which uh, which got snuffed out in the end. And then uh, the goal came. I think it came at a good time because, as I just said, Eastley were kind of on top at the beginning of that second half, but they didn't they didn't build on it. And um, yeah, Cochrane tried to make changes. It was a good idea to take Payne off because he was on a yellow card, and as we saw, the referee was card happy. Um, yeah, Eastley made a couple of changes to try and freshen it up. I think the penalty was really really soft. It what definitely wasn't a penalty for me. And uh, yeah, it was disappointing really to to kind of let that lead slip, and it was a golden opportunity to get into the fourth round on Monday. Yeah, and just going back to the Eastleigh Red card, I I was having a little look on on social media, and quite a few of the Eastleigh fans would thought it wasn't a red card. Was it a red card for you for for your position? Well, yeah, because earlier on he uh, elbowed uh, Will Evans in the face. I think that was on like 25 minutes. And then, yeah, well, 14 minutes later, on 39 minutes, he, uh, he, he put his he put his whole arm into Charles Lee's face. So, and he got a straight red card for that. So it wasn't two yellows, it was a straight red. So, and I think Graham Cockland spoke, didn't he, in his press conference, and he said that he thought he should have had a straight red for the first foul. So, <clears throat> as much as Eastleigh fans might want to argue, you can't really argue with that. It was definitely, definitely a red card. And Cochrane, I think he was kind of alluded to the fact that he thought the referee might owe easily a decision after after the red card. Yeah, he did speak about that, didn't he? Um, yeah, he, I think he spoke about them being naive as well, didn't he? Um, and uh, the he said the game was always likely to swing on a on a naive decision from the referee. Yeah, I. I can kind of get what he's saying. It's only his second season, I think, in league football. So, yeah, maybe they needed a, a more more experienced referee for that game. Is it Sam McCallum, the Eastley striker? Something mm. I noticed yesterday is the the way that he got a penalty was obviously James Clark brought him down for the penalty. And he was yeah. making that exact same run for most of the game into the box, probably yeah. looking to be taken down for a penalty. Yeah, oh, they were, I mean, Quigley was uh, auditioning for the uh, GB Olympics uh, diving team, I think, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, it's the Tokyo Olympics this year, isn't it? So yes. he, might be a, he might be a contender for that, the amount of times he dove around. To be honest, I, I said to you now when we were preparing, he, sh- he should have been sent off yesterday because he dived in the area for a penalty. He, um, he dived numerous occasions and he should have been getting cards for, for doing that. I thought you're supposed to get yellow cards for diving these days. So, yeah, he should have gone as well, in my opinion. Another thing, Cochrane, I noticed in Cochrane's post-match press conference, uh, he said that well, we should have won one and seen the game through. Mm. We haven't been doing that much this season, have we, Stephen? We've seen to go a goal up or a goal or two goals up, and then we kind of let that lead slip. Or we go one nil behind, come back, yeah. and then we go on to lose. Yeah, we've spoken about it previously on the show, and we've not been able to hold on to leads. And yeah, it doesn't seem to be getting any better, does it? I mean, yeah, especially when you're up against ten men with you know eight minutes to go, you should you should be seeing the game out, really, shouldn't you? 
you because yeah, uh, yeah, they they just they're struggling to get that second goal. But I'll come on to that a little bit later. Um, yeah, yeah, and you, you just need to see the game out, and and they didn't do that. And I got to give Eastleigh a lot of credit. I thought they came out quite well in our second half. They let they left two up front where a lot of teams would have probably just left one and parked the bus. But what I thought they did really well was they were compact defending, but they were always there was an always an out ball for those two strikers, which was a threat. And as you said, on that right hand side, they were getting in quite a lot, weren't they? Yeah, and as you just mentioned there, that out out ball almost. I noticed the centre back would go long into. It was mainly Sam McCallum, who I think mm-hmm. I'm going to compare him to to Omar Bogol. He was in that kind of role to hold up the ball and bring the more creative players into play. And yeah. they play the ball into him, and then it would just be one simple ball over the top of of the defender on the counter attack. Because obviously we did dominate the game yesterday, but as Cochrane said, but we just can can score, and the out ball seemed to be there for them every single time they attempted it. We just didn't we weren't alert enough to it, and I think that kind of yeah. that kind of cost us in the end. Whether that was down to down to whatever, but that really did. Cost us, they created a lot of chances with that out ball. Yeah, and I think taking pain off as well because you know we've seen how he's, he's been doing really well lately, getting into those positions, putting good balls into the box as well. So when he came off, we kind of lost that a little bit. I know McLaughlin went on the on the right hand side, but yeah, I mean Bonswell is good on that left hand side, but yeah, I, I just don't know why Adam Lewis wasn't brought on. I mean, you know, if he's fit, he should be. He should be coming on and getting minutes, surely. Yeah, like he wasn't on the bench against Sutton. If you remember on New Year's mm. Day, he was on the bench against Crew. I believe he came on against Crew for the last couple of minutes, uh, and then he was mm-hmm. on the bench against Sutton, as I said. Then he came back onto the bench yesterday, along with Aaron Wildick, who came onto the pitch. Who I saw had a bit of an impact when he came on. Uh, yeah, because we kind of needed his sort of. You know, uh, like it is now with it is because he does. You know, he's really good at playing passes and finding Palmer Holden and and mm. and Webb is up front making those runs. He he'd be the one to find them, wouldn't he? Yeah, and we've seen that at the start of the season. I know we spoke about on the mid-season review. I I said that we can break this season up into two halves, and we have had injuries, and where we haven't had injuries. And when we didn't have the injuries at the start of the season, when I think you said, Stephen, we ended the month of August up in sixth, yeah. had a really good start to the season. That was when Wildig was in that midfield role, as you just said, finding, and Adam Lewis was in the team as well, and they were in that in the team, a little bit more adventurous, you know, fight who who could pick out those runs of Will Evans, of, of Seb. Yeah. So, yeah, I think think that 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 is a big miss that is a big miss but i think we're going to come on to a little bit of creativity a little bit later but we got to give credit to eastley though Stephen. obviously they yeah. beat red in in the second round their manager live on national telly because i think he was one of the pundits for our replay against barnet which obviously was broadcast on on national television he said mm. we would be a better a tougher test than League One Reading, who were relegated from the championship last season. Yeah. We we definitely yeah. did provide a sterner test than than Reading. Yeah, well, yeah, I watched them against Reading and I think Reading just totally uh didn't really show them a lot of respect by playing a lot of kids. But I mean, yeah, their youngsters should still be good enough to to be a non-league side, really, shouldn't they? And um 
Yeah, and it was. I don't think it was. It wasn't that that much difference. I would say between the between the two sides. I mean, we looked good because they were down to ten men, and we were kind of passing the ball around a lot. But I mean, yeah, even when they had eleven men, and I think Graham Cotland said he would have probably preferred to play against eleven men because yeah, when a team is down to ten men, it's a bit little bit more difficult in it to kind of play against them. So uh, yeah, yeah, I was quite impressed with Eastleigh. I thought, yeah. And uh, like we said, they, they had that threat going forward. I was just, yeah, a bit bit frustrated with with the decision making in the final third. Uh, but I suppose on the on the plus side, we're still in the draw. You know, if we can reproduce that performance that we did against Barnet the way, then we 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 should be we should be all right. But I mean, Eastleigh will be. I'm sure their fans went home very happy yesterday, considering. You know, they've come away, they were 1-0 down, they were a man down, and they've managed to kind of keep themselves in the hat for the draw. So I'm sure their fans probably went home the happier yesterday, I would say. And um, fair play to Eastley. I know it's near Southampton, so that's a, yeah. wherever you are in the country, coming to Newport is it's a bit of a trek because we're mm. not quite quite centrally. But, yeah, they, they brought a 1,000 fans, I think, was the... Read yeah, out attendance um, yesterday, and, and they made a lot of noise. Yeah, I mean, and because towards the end of the match, I mean, it looked like there was only one team going to really win it, didn't it? And it wasn't Newport County. No, because they got they got the goal, they got their tails up, and I think they started to believe. And um, and yeah, and their fans, yeah, their fans were terrific yesterday. They, they were really noisy, and it's always good, isn't it, to have a packed away end. It's a shame it doesn't happen more often in League Two, but you know, that's you know, football's expensive, isn't it? To go and travel a lot, especially you know, when you're at you know, different ends of the country. So, yeah, I mean, it made for a brilliant atmosphere. Yeah, it, was a, it was a really good cup tie, I suppose. And for large parts of that second half, I I don't know how you've seen it, I couldn't tell which team was down to 10 men. I think, yeah, I think Richard Hill, he's a you know, he's an experienced manager. And I, like I said, they they got in at half time and they reorganised, didn't they? And I, I, I was just impressed because they kind of went with like a four three two, didn't they? And the basically the seven players would sit back and those two would, you know, stay up front and well, you know, the, the idea was win the ball and like you said, play it over the top so they could run onto it into space. Which Newport with three at the back, you know, one of those defenders starts pushing into the midfield, then you're two on two, then and you, so. Um, and, and that's what was happening early on in our second half. So, yeah, we're very fortunate that they, they didn't go 1-0 up. And to be honest, you, it was looking like that kind of game, wasn't it? First half, Newport, you know, they had all the possession, all the chances, or one, you know, they had to play the set off. And we've seen it so many times in football where something like that happens and then the other team goes and gets a goal and sees it out for a 1-0 win. So, Stephen, looking on social media after the, after the game yesterday and, and in the coming hours after the game, it seems to be a bit of negativity around things at the moment. Yeah, well, I suppose after a, a disappointing performance, I suppose people are, yeah, they're just a bit frustrated, you know, and then social media gives you the opportunity to go and vent those frustrations. But... Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it is unwarranted, really, isn't it? I've seen comments calling for Graham to to lose his job and things like that. We haven't lost in four games in no. League and Cup. We're four games unbeaten. The last time we lost is is against Wrexham two days before Christmas. 
Yeah, I think so, it's something like six or seven at home now unbeaten. Uh, I believe it is. The last time we lost at home was against Bristol Rovers in the Papa John's EFL Trophy, whatever it's called now. The last time we lost at home in the league was all the way back in October when we lost against Harrogate. Yeah. I know we've had a lot of uh, 1-1 draws recently and we mm. and we need to turn those draws into wins, JD. But yeah, you know, we're on a good run at the moment, I'd say. And yeah, it's... it's At least we're not losing, you know. If, if those draws yeah. said L's instead of draws, then, okay, there might be some questions to be asked because we're not picking up points. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure that uh, they'll, they'll start they'll start turning it around. I think I'm sure as Will Evans said after the Forest Green game that over this Christmas period, if you pick up results and pick up a bit of a run, that's going to give mm-hmm. you a lot of momentum going into going into the second half of the season. Where we know, especially with the FA Cup, we're going to have. Games come thick and fast, so having that little bit of momentum from that busy Christmas period could be could be vital. Yeah, whilst we're on the subject of Eastley, I'm Will Evans. Funnily enough, we should mention that the last time we actually played Eastley was in a pre-season friendly. Yeah, and uh, Will Evans actually scored for Eastley. Oh, did he? Uh, I think they beat us two one. And yeah, there was a goal by Will Evans, uh, and then he actually went on to play for Newport County. He made uh, six appearances. Uh, well, he was previously at Newport County, I should say. Uh, he yeah, made six appearances for us in the 2012-13 season on loan. Yeah, he's not the only Will Evans we've had. I was going to say we've had a previous Will Evans. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an interesting little fact for you, listeners. Yes, stat of the day, I think, uh, it, for yep. fans of the podcast, if you remember that, coming back a couple of years, stat, stat the episode, there you go. So, Stephen, yep. there's only one more thing to to go through before we move on to talking points. The absolutely county man of the match, so you listen at home, I had a chance to vote for who you thought was man of the match yesterday. Your options were James Clark, who, who got the goal, Scott Bennett, who was awarded sponsors man of the match, so I thought he had a mm. decent game. And Shane McLaughlin, who I thought was really, really impressive yesterday. So, Stephen, who was your man of yeah. the match yesterday? It might not be someone I've, I've, I've noted. Who was your man of the match yesterday? Uh, Lewis Payne. Okay. Why? Just because it was, uh, he was the threat on the right-hand side. He was putting good balls into the box. And I just think we kind of missed that when he went off. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Do you need help for saving for big events like planning a family? Newport Credit Union will help you through it. To find out more and see how to join them, search online for Newport Credit Union. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So for my talking point this week, I'm going to ask the question, do we need more quality in the final third? But before we speak about it, let's hear from the manager, Graham Coughlin. That's half full. You're getting in those wide positions to create the chance. So I suppose the next step is just get your head up, find a bit more quality when in those those areas which you've gotten a lot I think that's the key word yeah that, that quality that decision making when you get into those areas we're getting in there we just need to tidy up when we get in there we need better we need more quality and we need to, to, to pick people out um, yeah we need to show a little bit more composure um, but on a whole we're getting in there on a whole there's a lot of good on a whole there's a lot of positive and uh, on a whole I thought we played uh, we played really really well today unfortunately people will it will, the, the result will overshadow the performance. Now, had we come away 1-0, I think people would have been crowing about us and, and, and saying, well, well done, and, and I thought it was a really, really good performance. But it's one all, so that will obviously overshadow the performance. The refereeing decision will overshadow the game, will overshadow the performance, and will overshadow the occasion. Um, so, look, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. Green Cochrane there. Thanks for that. Yeah, so after yesterday's performance, the main thing for me was... The, the, the poor decision making in the final third yesterday and the, for me it's the lack of being clinical as well so I've had a look at the stats from the last five league matches uh, so it's not including yesterday uh, against Sutton we had 10 shots 2 on target 1 goal with a 10% conversion rate Crew was 19 shots 3 on target 1 goal 5% conversion rate Forest Green Rovers were slightly better, 13 shots, 7 on target, 4 goals, so obviously a 30% conversion rate. Wrexham, we had 9 shots, 2 on target, no goals, 0% conversion rate. Grimsby, 19 shots, 3 on target, 1 goal with a 5% conversion rate. So the thing I've kind of noticed as well is from that is that we've hit double figures in 4 or 5 matches, which is not bad really, nearly 20 in 2 matches. We've only failed to score, actually, in one match. But we've only scored more than one goal in, in one match, which I think is the problem, is scoring more than one goal, because a lot of those, as I said, would be one-one draws. So, Luke, what do you think? Do we need more quality in the final third? And how do we do it? I I think so. And I think it's something that we spoke about in the mid-season review, especially with Omar Bogle being out injured. Graham Cochran... I think that's a bit of a touchy subject, the way Omar Boga put the news out, how long he's out for, he put it out on social media, which I don't think he was, he was happy with. But to lose him, your, your experienced striker, you know, the one who's been there, seen it, done it, to, to lose him for up to two, two and a half months, I think, is gonna, that's going to take the conversion down. A lot. We've seen recently him being a little bit more in the creative role, which I think suited him and his his talents really, really well. And we were creating. Seemed to me like we were creating more more opportunities. We've spoken about Sam McCallum and the role he kind of played in the second half yesterday. That's what I compared it to Omar Bogle, and and yeah, I think those two kind of hold the ball up and bring the others into play, which is something that something that we need. I don't think Sepp Holden is that type of player. He's 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 quite tall. He's quite muscly, 
but I don't think he's the same type of player as Omar Bogle. So what what can we do? I think there's only one obvious answer here, and 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 it's transfers. You know, the window is open. Graham said to me yesterday that the takeover is is days away to use to use his words. No, yeah. One of the things that really frustrated me yesterday was is the the like there was players making runs off the ball, and as I said, I think earlier, and they weren't playing the ball through. And then another thing I noticed was they were trying to work the ball to a central midfielder to be kind of just outside the area. I'm going to call up Bryn Morris and Shane McLaughlin territory. But the problem was is Scott Bennett was normally the guy that was stood there. Yes, that's, 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 sorry to jump in. That's something I noticed and I was saying to the guys up in the gantry is where Bennett was, because normally just on the edge of the penalty box is where we see Bryn Morris kind of come to life. But yesterday he seemed to be on the halfway line with... I think it was Matty Baker on times. Yeah, as I was just saying, that, that was a problem. They were working the ball into that central area where uh, where you'd want Bryn Morris. Michelle McLaughlin obviously was playing as a left wing back or a right wing back, so he wasn't there. And then, But then they actually, during the second half, I think more, Morris was kind of popping up in those areas and the whole like, crowd was begging him to shoot. And But what he would do, he'd like, play it back out wide or play it backwards or... And I don't know why none of them, even like when James Waite was kind of in the middle of there as well, they they just they just didn't seem confident in taking shots. And you know you you know you you you, know, you got to take a chance sometimes, haven't you? You know mm. high risk, high reward. So yeah, that that's really frustrating me yesterday with the and I think that's maybe one of the they overplayed. <laughs> yeah, and is that down to? down to the players on the pitch or is that down to potentially Graham Cochran and, and his tactics? Yeah, because I know what he did say yesterday in his press conference, which I quite liked from him, was he said that uh, he t- he's going to take ownership of the players' poor decision-making, which is I thought was really good management from him. Something I noticed as well is the w- full-backs, Shane McLaughlin and Lewis Payne, they were getting really, really high yesterday and they were just passing the ball back across the face of goal, looking for a Newport County player to, to tap home. Basically, like what happened for James Clark's goal, where McLaughlin played the ball into him, and then he kind of just passed into the back of the net. But yeah. but there was no one that always found an Eastley player before he found a Newport County player. Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of solutions, I think. You know, the, the obvious one is to work on it on the training pitch. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they do do that, but I mean... Yeah, obviously, you can only coach players so far. You can't do it all for them, can you? No. Um, and then, yeah, and then there's the obvious uh, solution, which is what I think we're going to talk about next. Yeah, and I think I alluded it to it a couple of times in, in the episode. Obviously, transfer window is open. It's the first time we've been able to sit down and record a podcast since the window opened. So far, we haven't signed anyone. We have brought Harrison Bright back from his loan at Barry's been on the bench in the past couple of games. Steven, why do you think he's come back? We've got four really good four backs already in Lewis Payne, Shane McLaughlin, Adam Lewis and Matty Bonds. Well, why add a fifth? Or do you um, think he might play somewhere else rather than at four back? Because cause he was at Barry, wasn't he? Yes. And he was playing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, unless it's because you've got, you know, Drysdale still out, 
Seabreeze still out. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Jameson? Oh, yeah, Jameson. I knew it was somebody. Yeah, so maybe because we know Bright can play, although to me, I don't think it's his position, but he could play as a right-sided centre-back, couldn't he? Yeah. Uh, so maybe he's just brought him in, just brought him back, just just to kind of maybe have that option. Uh, but for me, he's he's a right he's a right sided wing back for me, and I think that's his best position. But then what do you do with like Shane Glockland, you know, and Lewis Payne? You know, he's not going to get in front of either of those two, is he? So yeah, unless he's just brought him back to kind of get experience of being around the first team. I don't know. Yeah, and I think Graham, Graham Cochran commended him for for going out on loan and yeah, going out on loan and playing some senior football, which for anyone of that age is is going to help them help them massively. Yeah, and we 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 alluded to the transfer window on our mid season review with uh, with Kieran. If you want to go and check that out, it's a really really good sum up of of the past couple of months, first half of the season for Newport County, but. Stephen, just looking at a few stats here. One thing, assists. We've talked about lack of lack of goals and maybe a little bit of lack of creativity. Our top assist is Shane McLaughlin. Yeah, on five assists, and then come three players on three assists: Aaron Wildig, Lewis Payton, and James Waite. Seems to me that our creativity comes from. Our wing backs. So yeah, McLaughlin's top, isn't he? With it, six. In in terms of league, I've, I've I've got only got league stats in front of me. Oh yeah, he's got one in the FA Cup, obviously. So it's yeah, six. Yeah, Bogle. Then Payne is your next one. Then with four. So cause I spoke tonight on the uh on the mid season review about the comparison of assists between uh where we were um. This season compared to last season, then we were we were a lot lot better um, this season, and we've also scored more goals as well than we did at this point last season too. So, so yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? It's you know because the stats are kind of telling you that they're actually doing quite well, but the results ain't kind of reflecting that, are they? No, but do you put that down to the first half of last season being poor? Because Newport County were atrocious on times at the first half of last season. It wasn't until Graham Cochran came in that you kind of seen the belief and the confidence flood back to the players. So we've spoken about, obviously, your talking point and things around that, about more quality in the final third. Now, do you think that a striker would solve the problem or another attacking midfielder would solve the problem? Or both? I need, but I, to me, they definitely because if you looked at the bench yesterday, there wasn't there wasn't really an option to bring on, was there? No. You were Palm Holden Evans, right? You know he's good, but he's not. You know he's not, he's not a goal scoring centre forward. Is he? They are kind of pretty hard to find, to be honest. And if you can't find one in January, then well done. But yeah, he needs another option. I know Bogle's only out for six weeks, and then what do you do when he comes back? But you you need you need another option. There's got to be. There's got. I don't know where we are. We've got the player fund. Like, you know, we can tap into that if we need yeah. to. It's available for us. I know it's yeah. It, it's a really good amount of money, and well done to everybody who's raised it. 
but football terms, it's not a lot of money, is it? But but it's a big, big help. Yeah. Um, so they can tap into that as well. You know, you're not relying on the Hugh Jenkins takeover going through. I think even if the takeover does go through, I don't think we're going to be seeing silly money being spent. So that's not going to be the way this club's going to be run. But obviously, there'll probably be money there for something, I think. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, Kowildig, he's, he's sort of, he's, he's in and out, and he's picking up injuries and stuff. And So, yeah, I would get somebody who was a bit creative as well. So, yeah, that's, that's, I think at the back, I think they're pretty much all right, really, isn't he? But, yeah, I'd like to see another, an, I think Kieran spoke about an attacking midfielder, didn't he, on the mid-season review? So, I'd go along with that. But uh, centre-forward, for me, is top priority. They need they need somebody in. Because we've seen last season in the January transfer window when we signed Charlie McNeil and Callum Kavanagh, they both came in, both strikers, and they seem to have a, a real impact in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just good to have another option, isn't it, really? What what kind of centre forward would you like? Would you like one in the style of Will Evans, in the style of Bogle, or someone a little bit different? Um, I'd probably go for somebody who's kind of quite quite big and physical, like Bogle, because as you said yesterday, Palm Holden was kind of the target man, but he's not. Yes, he's tall and he's you know he's he's got a bit about him, but he's not a big target man, is he? To go no. out muscle big league two defenders. So yeah, somebody somebody along that kind of lines, I would say. You know, to, to somebody can get on the end of these crosses into the box and start putting them away. The the one concern for me though, Stephen, I don't know how much of a concern it is for you. We you're only allowed five, and I put this to Graham a couple of weeks ago, you're only allowed five lone players on a match day eighteen squad. Yeah, we have, we have problem, those five. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's gonna to have to be a yeah. So you're gonna to have to find somebody, you know, relatively yeah. Maybe you know somebody who's kind of past thirty, maybe who might not, but has got a bit of experience and has got a good, you know, a reasonable goal scoring record. Maybe you might be somebody who's maybe contract is coming up towards the end of the season. So you might be able to get them for a good price. Yeah, there's lots of things you can look at, I suppose. Isn't there? Would you send anyone back? To, to free up a loan uh, space? Would that be possible, would you think? Well, the way he's done it, I suppose, is if you've got Payne and Bright as right wing-backs, um, <clears throat> McLaughlin can also play right wing-back, can he? Yeah. And then you'd have McLaughlin and Lewis as your left wing-backs, yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah, if there was going to be one I'd send back, it would be Bonzo. Okay. And I, yeah, use his space for uh, because then you've got cover, you've got Bright and Payne for the right hand side, and you've got Lewis and McLaughlin for the left hand side. So, yeah, that if I, if I had to sacrifice one, that's the one I would go for. And just quickly before we wrap up this talking point, he said that others would be leaving the club; they'd be going the other way. Mm. Who do you think he's referring to? Now, we, we he's being very honest, probably a little bit too honest for some fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in, in recent press conferences about one or two issues. I know he called out Nick Townsend for, for I think it was in the Wrexham game, was it, Steve, when he called out Nick Townsend? Um, was it Sutton? Yeah. 
Uh, I think it was Sutton, wasn't it? He called Nick Towns yeah, and the out there. Yeah. Who who can you see going the other way? Um, well, Bowen's already out on loan, isn't he? So unless they bring him back and try and move him on, but I don't know if that would happen. Yeah, the only other one I would probably <clears throat> say is James White. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That I thought he the... made a bit of a difference yesterday, and he made did he got the assist at Sutton. Yeah. And he did play quite well against Crew when he came on. So I don't know whether yeah. Graham said to him, "You've got one last chance for me before you go out on loan." Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you need. I mean, it's. I suppose it's not his fault, really, that he's not being given much of a chance. So, no. Yeah, he's got to try and you know really performing, you know, not a lot of time on the pitch. So it is difficult for him, I think. And uh, So I like him as a player. I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm just kind of thinking over the squad. If it was anyone, he'd probably be the one. It's a small squad anyway. So losing one or two players, getting rid of them. We've seen what it was like in the injury crisis where you can only name, well, I think he was on the verge yeah. of naming four substitutes So one of the games. Mm. You know, so losing one or two more players, getting rid of them, unless it's like a, I could see Nelson Sanka maybe going out on loan. You know that type of player who's been in and around the match day squads. I can see them yeah. going out on loan just to get some some senior minutes. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, ideally, you wouldn't lose anyone, would you? You want to add no. to it. You want yeah. to add rather than take away, and we've seen the effects of taken away from, from that squad over the summer. Anywhere, any other position you'd like to see us at? Obviously, we've mentioned an attacker midfielder and a, and another striker. Anywhere else you'd like to see maybe another player come in? Um, no, I think, yeah, I think it's just the, the forward lines. I think defensively, once we start getting the, you know, players back as well, you know, back in that central defence position, we should be all right. Would, would you not want another centre back to come in in the window obviously House and Bright's come back but as we say he's more of a wing back than a centre back would you want another centre back to come in mainly as cover we know obviously um, uh, Josh Seabury is out probably for the rest of the season so you're down one there we're still waiting on Kyle Jameson to come back from injury do you, do you think we need maybe one more for cover yeah, because I suppose with Drysdale, Seabury and Jameson, that's, that is three missing, isn't it? Mm. So, um, yeah. But they're going to have to, like you said, they're going to have to be permanent deals, aren't they? And, yeah. You know. Unless one person misses out on a match day. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That that could happen. But then again, you've got Seth Palmer Holden playing week in, week out, Payne playing week in, week out, Matty Baker playing week in, week out. Yeah. Adam Lewis is just coming back. Bondswell's getting a look in. Mm. So it's so, tough, yeah, but yeah. but Graham's got these decisions to make now, and and I I trust him to do it. We said that the summer window was one probably one of our best windows, pound for pound. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. January has the same same 
Same impact. Do you need help safe with big events like planning the family? Newport Credit Union will help you through it. So find out more to see how they can help you. Search online for Newport Credit Union. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So, Stephen, the last thing for us to do now on, on this podcast, let's let's look forward a little bit. We're going to try and uh, t- turn into mystic versions of ourselves and predict some scores. So, Doncaster is our next game away on the 13th of January. What will the score be at the Keepmoat Stadium? Um, yeah, they're 19th, aren't they? In League 2, just three points behind us. So it's a, quite a big game. They've uh, only got one win in the last seven which was against uh, MK Dons on 1st January. Yeah, we won the last meeting, didn't we? 4-0, Ronnie Parade. So I'm going to say we're going to solve our goal-scoring problems and we're going to win 3-0. Will we have any new players in by then? Probably not. <laughs> and then the replay of the game, which we've just been looking back at easily, we will do it, they will do it all over again on the 16th of January in the third round we played the Emirates FA Cup. What's the score going to be there, Stephen? Yeah, I think Green Cochrane will learn a lot from yesterday. So we're going to win 2 1. Okay. I, I think 3 1. I don't think it'll be as, as big as the bad game. But easily looking at them, they tend to concede quite a few goals in, in games. So I think it'll be 3 1. And then, Stephen, 20th of January, arguably the biggest game of the season, probably one of the biggest attendances of the season. Wrexham come to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played them a couple of weeks ago, but but the way the fixtures are, we played them again in two times in just under a month. What's the score yeah. going to be against uh, our fierce Welsh rivals? Yeah, well, you know, as much as I uh, love Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, I'm very very sorry, but we're going to want revenge for that two 0 defeat away, and I think we're going to win three two. Okay. I th- I think we'll win as as well. Sorry, Ryan. If if uh, are they filming in the UK at the moment? They're filming Deadpool. I see Ryan yeah. and Ryan Reynolds put a photo of of him and Hugh Jackman watching the Wrexham game earlier, which yeah. is. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to win. But I think it's going to be a two two one, and we're going to score the winner really really late on and be a really famous late winner for for someone. So Very good, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, so, thank you for taking the time out to listen to you. Thank you very much, Stephen. I know this is uh, very much a different sound than look back in Amber today, but we will be back in the studio to look back at our Rexon game on the 21st of January. 
So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that. So, thank you very much, Stephen. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening at home, and we'll see you on the twenty-first of January to look back at the Wrexham game. <laughs>